Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send us an email to mystory@toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. The holidays can be stressful, and it's important for us to consider not what we give this Christmas, but who we are this Christmas. This message begins Pastor Chad Gilligan's series called Christmas Presents. Great to see you this morning. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend and an opportunity to, uh, to maybe rest a little bit, spend some time with family, and so good to have you here today. And we are kind of at that point. Thanksgiving is kind of that, that hinge that moves us into what we call the holiday season. And so we're starting that all up. And today we're starting a new series of messages that we're calling Christmas Presents. And we're going to prepare ourselves for the next few weeks and what it means in this season. Some of you look forward to this. Some of you couldn't wait to start decorating. Others of you are dreading it, and you can't wait to buy that gift on Christmas Eve. It is uh, just depends on your experience, but whether we realize it or not, this season is a different time of year for us, and it's a lot of joy, and it's a lot of excitement. We talk about wonder, and we talk about peace on earth. We talk about all those different things, but it also comes with a lot of stress sometimes, doesn't it? And it can come with a lot of distraction, and a lot of things that can, uh, can begin to, to cloud what it's really all about. And so this morning, we're going to do something that's a little bit different. We're going to start this series of messages called Christmas Presents. And as we start it today, we're not going to do kind of a typical service format. I want to do something that's a little bit different in how we look at God's word today. And we're going to talk about this idea of not just what we give this Christmas, but who we are this Christmas. I want you to consider not just your presence, but your presence this Christmas that you consider not just your presence, what you give, but that you consider your presence who you are this Christmas. Do you see what we did there? Isn't that cute? Yeah. So think about it in this way. What does the Bible say to us, not about what we're supposed to give, but about who we're supposed to be? So we're going to stay in the book of Ephesians. We'll, we'll talk about Christmas, but at the same time, we're going to stay in the book of Ephesians for the next few weeks and really see what Paul says to us about who we are supposed to be. And then we're going to see how that affects this holiday season and how we live our lives. I want to encourage you, Christmas is not just what you give, but it's who you are. Christmas is not just what you give, it's who you are. It's not just your presence, but your presence. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And I think the perfect place for us to start is right here on Thanksgiving weekend, that we take time this weekend to think about this idea of thankfulness and the way that it affects us. And and I want to drop a thought on you that I think is really significant, because what can happen, especially in this season, is we can begin to let the pressures of the things around us, the things that we're facing, begin to affect us. And here's an idea coming out of this, this last Thursday that's key for us to recognize, that gratitude determines your attitude. Gratitude determines your attitude. Now, I don't know how you, how you view this, but I know this is true about my own life, that in those times when I get busy or I get frustrated or I get challenged in different ways, what can happen is I can stop being thankful and that affects the attitude that I have. But if I'll be thankful for the people around me, if I'll take time and thank God for his blessings in my life, if I'll take a moment and realize how many places that I've been blessed, it changes the way I feel about myself and that I feel about others. Is that true for anybody else? Can I ask this too? I love those 830 people. I think they were in a turkey coma today, um, just to be honest. So if, if you can at least like pretend to keep your eyes open, this would be awesome today. And just for, it's all about my ego right now. So if you, could, if you could help me, that would be great. But isn't it true? When I'm thankful, it affects the way that I think about other people. 
It affects, oh, you're so good. It affects the way, it affects the way that I interact with other people. It makes a difference in your life. Gratitude determines your attitude. So today, we're going to take this idea of thankfulness and, and put it into place and put it into action with regards to the way that we view God and the way that we view the weeks ahead. I wanna give you some insight that I think will help you to get through this Christmas season. But I also want you to recognize this. I want you to to think about this and to consider this this morning, that thanksgiving is more than just what you think. It's more than just what's in your heart. You know, it's easy for me to go, well, I feel thankful or I'm thankful in my heart. But thanksgiving really doesn't come into play until you actually do something about it. Action is the result of thanksgiving. If if you give something to me, if if you make me dinner, if, if you do something... You don't know how I feel about that until I express it in some way. If I'm truly thankful, then I'm going to say it. If I'm truly thankful, then I'm going to show it in some way. Action is the result of thanksgiving, not just thinking, not just that warm feeling. Somehow, if you're truly thankful, you need to respond in some way. Think about that in your relationship with your parents or with your children, that if you're really thankful, it's not really known until you express it in some meaningful way. Think about that in the relationship with your spouse, Your spouse doesn't know how you feel until you find a way to express that in some way, and hopefully some way that they can can understand that that, that love language that they speak, that you find a way to communicate to them in that way. I said in in the first service, I said something about there may even be times when you need to express thanks in some way to your coworkers or your employer, and I saw a couple people look at each other like, is he nuts? But think of the difference that that might make, because gratitude affects your attitude, right? And action is necessary if you're truly going to express thanksgiving. So what we're going to do today, through the words that we are going to look at from God's word, through songs that we're going to sing, through prayers that we're gonna pray, we're gonna take our thanks to God and we're gonna put it into action in some practical ways in our lives today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter three this morning. We're we're back in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter three, we're gonna look at a prayer that Paul prayed for the church that he loved and it's a familiar prayer to us. In fact, it was kind of a little, I really feel like the Lord brought us back to this prayer today for some reason, but we've already looked at it several times this year. In fact, we started our year praying this prayer the first Sunday of January. We spent quite a bit of time in a few of these verses as we talked about how we believe God has more for our lives, but I believe God has us back here for this morning before we move into chapter four next week in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter three. And here's what I, I, I wanna lead us through today, four things to thank God for. Today we're going to look at four things to thank God for out of this prayer that Paul prays, out of these things that he says. We're going to look at four things to thank God for today. Here's what Paul says. Let's start with verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 3. He says this, for this reason I kneel before the Father, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. As he starts his prayer, he identifies who he's praying to. And I think it's very significant that as he is giving us a model for prayer, As he's praying a prayer for himself, he starts by identifying who he's praying to. He prays to the Father. That's important for us to consider when we think about prayer. If you think about the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, oftentimes we'll refer to that as the Lord's Prayer. If you remember, the first two words of the Lord's Prayer are, are. So it's important when we pray, when we think about God, that we recognize his role to us, that he is our Father. And the first thing I'd encourage you to thank him for is this today. Number one, thank God he is a good Father. Thank God he is a good father. 
That's that role that over and over in scripture, it encourages us to look at that God's relationship with us is one of our heavenly father. He is a good father to us, and that's so significant. Now look, I can, I can tell you, and I don't mean this in the, in the prideful sense, I think this is a, a good thing at times, there's certain things in my life that I'm proud of. Things in my life that I look at and go, that, that gives me that feeling of, of satisfaction when I think about it. There's things that I've accomplished that I look at and I go, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. I feel satisfied about that. I'm, I'm, I, I look at things that I've done, places I've been able to go. I look at the privilege that I have to pastor a church like Calvary and just in, in, that, in, that, in that healthy, in that maybe holy sense, I'm proud of that. But there's nothing that I'm more proud of than my three kids. The role that I cherish the most is that of dad. Because there's, there's something that's there that's so meaningful if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about, right? And, and, that, and that experience that you have with your kids. Our son Clayton is home from college. He goes to school in Missouri, and so he's been home for a few days this weekend because of Thanksgiving, and we had the chaos of all three of them under the roof at the same time. It sure does a parent's heart good, right, parents? God bless the chaos. Because there's something, there's, there's, there's something that's in there because I love my kids, I find great joy in, in watching them grow and develop and taking what God has put in their lives and then them using that to honor him. There's this beautiful thing, and it, there's this magnificent role. I'm so thankful that I had a good father. My dad was awesome. I'm so thankful for that. Now, here's what I know. I know that for all of us, this, this concept of a, of a father is not as healthy. For some of you, you can't say, man, I had an awesome father. For some of you, you say, I had a sketchy father. Or I had an absent father. Or you, you might use a different adjective. It's, it's important for you to recognize that you can't take who your father is and somehow say that's who God is because he's the perfect father. He's the father that we were designed to have. He never fails us. He never leaves us. You have a good father. And your heavenly father has good things for you. That's why we pray to him. Think of this. Your heavenly father has good things for you. It's there. We pray to a father who loves us, who cares for us. We pray to a father who has our back. And that's a really important thing to see. So as you go into this Christmas season, and then let's just throw Christmas out the window for a moment. As you live your life, even in those times when it might not look or feel like it, recognize this, that you have a good father. When I was in, in, uh, in, in junior high school, um, we, we, I remember the transition to junior high was kind of this unique thing. And I'll just tell you a little bit. I, I grew up in a little town called Southington, Ohio, just outside of Warren. Um, tiny little kind of country town. And the school that I went to, the door I walked into when I went to kindergarten is the door I walked out of the end of my senior year. It wasn't a one-room schoolhouse, but it was pretty little. It was a little place, right? And so we, we had school. And when we went to junior high, we moved out of the elementary wing and we moved over into the junior high wing where we got lockers, which was kind of a big deal. What was interesting about our lockers is that they did not lock. They were kind of just little metal closets. And I remember in, in junior high, I always packed my lunch, so I brown bagged it every day. And I remember one day, I went, I took my uh, lunch break and I went to my locker and when I opened the locker, my lunch wasn't there. I always would put it up on the top shelf. Man, I looked all over, I didn't see my lunch. I was like, well, what happened to my lunch? Maybe I left it on the bus, maybe, maybe I left it at home, I don't know. So I went and borrowed some money from somebody or whatever, got some lunch. and um, The next day, I made sure I took my lunch, stuck it up on that top shelf, closed my locker that didn't lock. When I went back for lunch, my lunch was gone again. This happened for a few days. 
word got out that Chad Gilligan had a sweet lunch and somebody was stealing it. Somebody every day was stealing my lunch. So I went home and said to my dad, Dad, somebody's stealing my lunch. Now, my dad packed my lunch for years. He got up early and went to work, and part of what he did was he, he packed my lunch for me. And uh, um, I said, Dad, somebody's stealing my lunch. He says, well, let me think about this. We can probably handle that. So the next day, here's what my dad said. He said, Chad, here's, here's what I want you to see. There's two lunches here. You see this one? Keep that one with you at all times. That lunch is for you. He says, you see that other lunch? You put that one in your locker. He says, Dad, what's in it? He says, I made them an Alpo sandwich, two pieces of bread and some dog food in a baggie, and then next to it for dessert was another baggie with two little milk bone dog biscuits in it. Took that lunch, made sure it was the right one, stuck it on the top shelf of my locker, went back at my lunch break, opened the locker, and the lunch was gone. Guess what? Last time my lunch ever got stolen was that day. You know why? Because my good father had my back. My dad knew how to provide for me. My dad knew how to protect me. My dad knew how to take care of me. You know what you have? You have a good father. And we find great peace in that. We find great hope in that. That his presence is always with you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you just to kind of stay seated right where you are, and the worship team's going to lead us in a song. Some, some of you may know it. It's called Good, Good Father. It's the first time that we sang this song here on a Sunday. And as, as we sing this song, I want you to do more than just think about the words. I want you to do more than just think about trying to sing along. I want you to think about your Father, your Heavenly Father, and I want you to very actively think about what you can thank Him for today about the ways and the places where he's had your back, the ways and the places where he's provided for you, that he's protected you. Maybe it's things just in this last year. Maybe it's things you already recognize at Thanksgiving. I don't know what it is, but would you actively take a moment, and as we sing this song, as we worship him, would you take time and thank your good father this morning? He's such a good father.
Father, it's with confidence that we affirm your goodness. Lord, it's with a sense of peace that we know that you have our back. We put our trust, we give thanks for a good Father today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 3. Let's see what else Paul tells us. I, w- I want you to see this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Here's what Paul says. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And an interesting idea here that, that struck me about Thanksgiving. So many times when I'm thankful, when I, when I take time to choose to be thankful, I'm thankful for what I had in the past. I'm thankful for where I've come from. I'm thankful for what I've been given, for what I've experienced. And I'm thankful for the past. But what if we took that Thanksgiving and didn't just make it backwards, but we also made it forwards? If we, if we were forward thinking in our thinking, And we realize that we can be thankful to know not just that God was faithful in the past, but that he'll be faithful in the future. We can give thanks for that, right? And here's why. Because we know that he's good to us as our father and that his goodness comes out of his glorious riches that Paul just talked about. See, he's not limited. He's not stretched. He's not stressed. Whether it's at Christmas time or any time, he has something available for us. So here's the second thing I hope we'll thank God for today. Number two, that we would thank God for his glorious riches. And we do that not just looking backwards, but that as we look ahead, as we look at the life that is in front of us with a lot of uncertainty, with a lot of challenges, with a lot of struggles, even in the midst of that, we can stop for a moment and we can say, thank you, God. I thank you for your glorious riches that are available to me in Christ Jesus. Now, why this is so important is because as we move forward into the future, there's so many things that we come up against that maybe we didn't expect or that we are expecting, and either way, it takes something out of us. I can tell you that just in the last 24 hours, I talked to a friend whose business went under. In the last 24 hours, I was with some friends who lost a loved one unexpectedly. I talked to a friend who's going to experience one of the most... um, important events of his life in a good way. And I talked to somebody who just so clearly said, I don't know physically what's going on with me. I need God's healing. That's just in the last 24 hours. You you can take those experiences and you can multiply them over and over again. And for you that are in this room, for you that are watching online, for those of you in the chapel and auditorium too, wherever it is, there's these things in our lives, there's these places where we go, God, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know how I'm going to handle this loss or this experience or these things. And what he says is, look, I know you don't, but there's no limit to my resource. I have glorious riches that as your good father, I can provide for you and I can give to you and I can lead you in this. When do you get frustrated I can tell you when I get frustrated. I get frustrated when I feel like I'm stuck. I get frustrated when I feel like this isn't working. There's nothing that can be done here. I can't get this thing to move forward. I can't fix it. Or when you look at something and you just go, that's it, that's defeat, it's all over. That's, that's the end. This is, this is not meant to be a, uh, a slam in any way. So please, I hope you'll hear my heart. But for, I would venture to guess, the majority of us, myself included, who are college football fans, we've known that frustration in the last few weeks, right? One way or the other, all of our teams. You know the thrill of victory, and you know the agony of defeat. And you know that moment when you sit there and you look at the score, and you go, I can't do anything to change that. 
That's it. That's the loss. That's our season. I had hoped for something more. I thought something more would come out of that. And there's that frustration. There's that challenge that comes with that. You've all known it. You've all experienced it. You've tasted it at some point. And here's the reality. We thank God that God never knows that moment because he has these glorious riches that are untappable. We face our challenges and frustrations with God's unlimited riches and strength. They're available to us. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, you can tap into his glorious riches. What comes out of it? Well, Paul told us just for instance, power and strength. And I think in the midst of your loss, in the midst of your opportunity, in the midst of whatever you're facing, he has power and strength that he makes available to us. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna thank him for those glorious riches today. And for some of us, we need to take a moment, we need to tap into those glorious riches. So could you do this? Would you stand with me? And the worship team's gonna lead us in a song that we, we've sang quite, quite often here called I Will Look Up. What's so significant, I think, about this song is how directionally it, it helps us to think. It says, I will look up for there is none above you. I will bow down and tell you that I need you, Jesus, your Lord of all. I will remember what you did in the past because you're faithful. I'm gonna look ahead knowing that you will be faithful in the future as well, that I can put my trust and my confidence in you. And as we sing this song, let's do more than just sing a song. Let's say, God, today I need to tap into your glorious riches. So let me just ask this. How many of you would say, Lord, today I need your glorious riches in my life? You just raise your hand. God, there's something I gotta tap into. Yeah, my hand's with yours. And so would you do more than just sing this song? Would you pray and say, God, today what I need from you is your presence in this Christmas season. In fact, could we do this? If you're open, would you just extend your hands in a, in a posture of receiving from the Lord? Before we even sing, would you just say, God, today I need to tap into your glorious riches. God, I look up to you, knowing you've been faithful in the past, knowing that you'll be faithful in the future. Today I need your strength, I need your power. I need you in my life today, God.
I really feel like God would have us just to pause right here for just a second. And, and how many of you would say, yep, peace. <laughs> That's what I need. I need him to be Prince of Peace in my life. Let's pray. Father, you know in every situation with every raised hand the peace that is needed. Lord, that's what you came to bring. That you came to bring peace on earth. Your word says that if we will come to you in prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, that you'll bring a peace that passes all understanding. And Lord, your word never says that there won't be times where we will need peace. Lord, we may face challenges. We may face frustrations. But your word does say that you are the God who can bring peace, that you are the prince of peace. Lord, and it's not by accident that we sing this today. It's not by accident that we say this today. Would you minister peace to hearts in this moment, peace that is tangible, peace that they can hang on to in the days and weeks ahead? Would you speak peace to our hearts today? In Jesus' name. One, one other thought. How many of you would say, yep, perfect healer. That's what I need. I need God's healing in my body. I need physical healing in my body in this season. We're going to pray for that. Let me ask another one. This is, this is a time of year we see this more often than any other. How many of you would say, I need, I need healing in a relationship in my life. I need relational healing, especially going into the holidays. Anybody? Okay. Father, we come to you. Lord, as we'll recognize in just a moment, it's by your stripes that we're healed. Jesus, we know that you are the perfect healer. When you walked on this earth, you went everywhere doing good and bringing healing to those who need it. And so, Father, would you bring healing today? We pray for healing in bodies. We pray for physical strength and renewal, miraculous restoration. God, we also pray for relational healing. Lord, we pray that you would um, take down walls that have been in families, that you would remove um, hurt and pain that's been there, that you would bring healing through forgiveness and grace and mercy. God, would you accomplish in homes in this next season things that we thought could never be seen or done because you are our perfect healer. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated if you would, please. And I want to take a look at what Ephesians goes on to tell us that we can give thanks for today. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Paul goes on to pray this. He says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Look at what he says there again. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This, this truth that he talks about here about his love is so significant and so critical that we need to start here for a moment. And I want to give you a third thing to be thankful for. Number three, thank God for his unlimited love. Number three, thank God for his unlimited love. He tells us an awful lot about his love in this passage. One of the things that he says is that his love is our foundation. 
His love is our foundation in our lives. That love is something that we should be built on, that we should be rooted and grounded in, he says. We should be rooted and established in love. That's the foundation. That's where it starts. Just like a tree that sinks its roots down deep into the ground, and that's where its nourishment comes from, we need to start with the fact that we have been greatly loved by God. That's, that's the foundation. And here's what I'm gonna encourage you with. Even these four things that we're talking about, for some of you, if you've been maybe even struggling with your attitude in this season, and you know that your gratitude will help to determine your attitude, these four things that we're gonna look at today may be something that on a daily basis, maybe you need to start your day each day to help your mind get in the right place and say, God, I wanna thank you today that you're my good father, that you have glorious riches, and that you have unlimited love. Because if you say, God, you and I are rooted in your great love for me, that becomes your foundation. And then the second thing I want you to see is that love is our inspiration. It inspires us in the way that we interact with people. Because if you think about it, think about what he says about about his love. He says it's too wide, it's too deep, it's too high, it's too long for us to grasp it. It's interesting. He says, I want you to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That doesn't make any sense. He says, I want you to know what you cannot know. He says, I want you to understand what you can't understand. And he doesn't mean that in the sense of, hey, you're going to get it all up here. He says, you got to realize here that it's bigger than you are, that this love is greater than you are that his unlimited love is there and it's available for you. And if you will make that love your foundation and your inspiration, then it becomes your motivation in the way that you interact with people in life. Love is our motivation as well. Meaning this, that if I will remember the way that God has loved me, it will affect the way that I love you. Because do you know people in your life who aren't as lovable as the person who's sitting next to you right now? It's just the truth. There are people in our lives that are easy to love and others who aren't. And what do I do in those moments? How do I love them? Well, I remember what Christ did for me. I think about his love for me. See, our expression of love to others will be determined by our remembrance of God's love for us. Our expression of love for others will be determined by our remembrance of God's love for us. When I take time to remember how God has loved me, then it helps me to love you. Not gonna lie. There's times when I have to remind myself of God's great love for me so it will help me to love some people who aren't so lovable. You ever been there? Three of you are honest. You ever been there? Yeah, it's just the reality of life. And so at times we have to remind ourselves of that. But what's beautiful about that is that changes the way that we see people when I'll recognize God's love. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and they begin to tell you, and let's, just, let's just look at it from a negative standpoint. They begin to tell you what they're going through. Let's say they're going through a hard time. It's a time of loss. It's a, it's a time of struggle. It's a time of challenge. And as you're listening to that person, you think to yourself, I've been there. I've been through that same thing. I went through that same tough time, and all of a sudden, you feel different for that person than you would if you hadn't, right? Because you understand those emotions. You recognize where they are. You feel different about that person, so there's a love and there's an empathy that's there because when you see what they're going through, you know not only can you help to encourage them and speak out of that, but you know what they're experiencing. So if I will spend my life remembering God's love for me, it will help me to love you more because that same love that he gave to me He wants to express to you. The beauty of it is is that love is unlimited. How do we know that? Not by just what 
Paul tells us here about its width and its, and its length and its height and its depth, but what he also tells us about the fact of how it came to us, it came to us through what Christ did for us. How do we measure a love that great? The size of God's love was measured by the sacrifice of the cross. The size of God's love was measured by the sacrifice of the cross. How wide was it? Well, Jesus showed us when he stretched out his arms and died. Christ's sacrifice on the cross paid the price for our sins. He uh, secured our salvation by what he did on the cross. But that all came out of love, a great love that we can't even begin to fathom or understand because it's unlimited to us. And so what a perfect time for us to stop as the body of Christ and spend time by observing the Lord's Supper today. So I'm gonna invite our ushers to come at this time and they're gonna prepare to serve you communion and in these next few moments, we are gonna remember Christ's sacrifice. We're gonna take time, and in just a moment, they will distribute to you the, the elements of communion, the, the bread, which symbolizes Christ's broken body, and the cup, which symbolizes his shed blood. And these symbols are reminders of what Christ has done for us in expressing his unlimited love to us. So today, I wanna to encourage you to do more than just participate. I want you to thank God. I want you to remember his love. You might even want to take a moment and as you think about what he has given you because he's good, out of his glorious riches, because of his love for you, to pause and let this be a really special moment to share in communion. Paul says this, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. So in these next few moments, I encourage you to examine your heart. First, to say, God, is there anything between you and me? Maybe this is a moment where you even need to say to him, God, what I need is your grace and your salvation in my life. Maybe there's a place where you need to ask him for his forgiveness or his mercy. And then I'd encourage you to examine his love for you today. To think about what he's done. To give thanks for his glorious riches, for his unlimited love. And as the elements are distributed, as the worship team leads us in this song, can we take these moments and thank him for a love that's so great it surpasses our knowledge and our understanding. In Calvary, we practice an open communion. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know that you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, that your sins have been forgiven, and that you have the promise of spending eternity in heaven with him, then we invite you to join us in this time of communion. The, the ushers will distribute the elements. After everyone's been served, we'll, we'll share in communion together. But let's take these next few moments and examine our hearts as we come to the Lord's table.
so many times and yet out of your great love for us because of your shed blood you've made salvation and healing and hope and life available to us and so we remember that we thank you as we share in the cup together in Jesus name amen let's share in the cup together So here's, here's my concern. My concern is that as we think about these things, that we have a good father with glorious riches and unlimited love, that we will forget it as we rush out of here. And isn't it this weekend that kind of launches the whole holiday season? All the blessed peace on earth that comes with Black Friday sales that we'll launch out of here and into what potentially for some of us is, is not just a great season of joy, and some of you could not wait to get your decorations up. You've, you've had them up since July 4th. I mean, it's just... <laughs> but the truth is, for many of us, with it comes stress and distraction and chaos. And my concern is that in the midst of all of this, you will miss what this is really all about because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves in this season for our families, for ourselves, for the experience but here's what Paul says, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Here's where I hope you'll, you'll let your focus land. In the midst of high expectations, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.
Number four, thank God for immeasurably more. Number four, thank God for immeasurably more because that's what he wants to do in our lives. And in the midst of, of the hecticness and this holiday season, in the midst of all that we go through, it's really important for us to recognize the place where we'll find more. This is why um, we're going we're gonna to walk through who we are in this season with Christmas presents because we want God's presence in our lives this Christmas because it's only through him. See, God is the one who can do immeasurably more this Christmas. He's the one that we look to. He's the one that we put our confidence in. God is the one who can do immeasurably more. And my concern is this, that everything we've talked about today, everything we've looked at with how good he is and how rich he is and how much love he has can be lost if we don't recognize that he's the only one who's able to bring more to us. Because what happens is in the midst of everything we're doing, we can get Christmas blind and we can miss out on who it's all about. A couple weeks ago on a Thursday night, there was an NFL football game between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Some of you probably watched it. And one of the things that they did in this game was the NFL is introducing it this season, and then it'll be even more widespread next year. They, they went into a kind of a partnership with Nike and are doing these new uniforms that they're calling Color Rush, kind of to do something kind of unique and special. And so here's a picture of the two teams on uh, Thursday night a couple weeks ago. Jets on the left, you got the Bills on the right in these Color Rush uniforms that are just so blatantly colorful. It, it, it's, it's kind of this throwback idea, and they're trying to honor the different teams. The challenge is here, you've got the green on the left, the, the, the red on the right. What they did not think about is that 8% of the males in the United States are colorblind. And to them, green and red look the same. So Twitter in particular started blowing up in the middle of this game with people saying, I cannot watch this game. Why are two players from the same team fighting over the ball? This is chaos. What were they thinking? Because for the colorblind, there was no joy in watching this game because the red and the green just all blurred together. And if we become Christmas blind, there's no joy in the holiday because everything that's red and green just kind of blurs together. And we miss out on the fact that the only one who can bring us peace and joy and hope and immeasurably more this season is if we'll focus first on Jesus Christ. Is there anything wrong with presents? No, give them. <laughs> is there anything wrong with celebrating? No, celebrate. There's beautiful things that happen in this season, but if Jesus isn't first, then we'll never experience everything that he has in store for us because he wants to do immeasurably more. I believe he wants to do immeasurably more in our church, that we see more people come to Christ in the next few weeks than we've ever seen before. I believe he wants to do immeasurably more in your life that God does beautiful things in your life in this season, but it will only start if we will start by giving thanks to him. So will you stand with me? We're gonna sing one more song. This song says, oh God, you are the one who brings these things in our lives. And I want you again, do more than just sing, but would you think about the things we've talked about today? Would you give thanks to him as the one who is your good father with glorious riches who out of his unlimited love wants to do so much more in your life in this Christmas season?
Lord, that's our prayer. Our prayer is that your presence in our lives would change our presence this Christmas. God, that you would open our eyes to see the wonder and awe of Christ in us, that others would see that as well. And so good, Father, we thank you today for your glorious riches, for your unlimited love, and we believe that you're gonna do immeasurably more in our lives, not just in the next month, but in, in this year ahead, in, in life ahead, as we put our trust and our confidence in you. So now, Lord, as we go from here, we ask that you'd go with us. Send us out, we ask, with your special favor and your wonderful peace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.